This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting, Objections, Sales EQ, and Inc., and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome to this episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. My name is Jessica Stokes, one of the master trainers and coaches here at Sales Gravy, and I am so super excited today. My guest on today's episode is um, the amazing and wonderful Kristen Andre from the Andre Group. Kristen, we're so excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. So we are going to have a good time. Thanks for having me. We sure are. And Kristen, before we get into it, for anyone who's not familiar with you or what you do, could you give us just a quick introduction of yourself. Yeah, I'm a strategic business coach and strategist. So I work with people a lot in the finance industry, but entrepreneurs, executive and leaders on standing out and stepping up and scaling their business. I love this. And I know there's so many people in our audience who are like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I want to hear about, what I want to learn more about. Um, I've been following you and your work for a long time. I'm a big super fan. Oh. Uh, Kristen has a podcast. She's written some books, um, amazing content on social platforms. If you're not following her already, um, always giving people great, great advice. So Kristen, one of the things that you say often is to know your people, find your people and love them hard. So yes. what do you mean by that? You know, I, I like phrases that are easy to remember. So the know your people, find your people, love them hard, just stuck. Because so many times we're talking with people about how to scale a business. And it starts with the basics. It starts with who's your target market. Knowing your people is target marketing. It's who is it that you're meant to serve, that your business and your products and services really speak to. Finding your people, prospecting. Where do they come from? How are you going to get them? Where, how do we attract them to us? And the loving them hard part is really the engagement piece. Once you get them and you work hard to find your clients, how do you keep them? How do you show them some love? How do you keep them coming back? And how do you keep them referring other business? Yeah, I love that. So like, let's start with the first one, like know your okay. people, because I work with a lot of sales teams and a lot of salespeople. I don't even think they really know who their people are. They, they might just be mass, like trying to throw whatever they can out there, hoping yeah. that somebody bites. Maybe they get drawn into an industry or a vertical that they're not really excited about, but that's just where the work is coming from. So do you have any tips for somebody who might kind of even be saying, I don't even know who my people are? It's, I think if you don't know who your people are, you got to stop and figure that out because so many times, I mean, sales is tough, right? I mean, you know this, you guys work with so many of the best companies and biggest companies out there. And most of the people that do really well with sales, it's because they enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy who they're doing it with. So the main part about knowing your people is who excites you? What get, who gets you fired up? Like, I never want to work with a client or a prospect that I don't get energized by. Because then it just gets to be monotonous. So the biggest advice I have for people when they're starting is, what do you get excited with? I mean, look at your calendar. I tell people a lot, pull out your calendar and take a look at who you're seeing, who you're scheduled to see this week. And what, what's, who are you excited? Who are you looking at your calendar? Like, I can't wait to talk with them. That's usually a good hint as to where your target market is. I love that. I love that. Because I think when we look at our calendars, we all have those events that we can't mm -hmm. wait to get to. And then some that we're like, right. And, and the ones one that, that the dreaded ones are usually a good sign. Like, all right, this is probably not my market. This is probably some people that I need to steer away from. I mean, you're always going to have that 10% that you don't love. But for the most part, finding your people is about figuring out like, who could I really dive into and have some fun with? 
Okay. I like that. I like that. And then, so your next one Mm -hmm. is to, of course, like find them. So when you're thinking about finding your people, is that through prospecting? Is that what you're implying here with find your people or? Yeah, it starts there. You know, I, my background's in finance and finance is one of those fields where, uh, you know, we scare a lot of people. I mean, financial advisors and insurance advisors. And I know a lot of, oh my gosh, I know a lot of you guys listen to this podcast because I've got clients of mine that like, oh my God, love y'all's work, but it's scary. And a lot of people, it's a non-demand thing. People aren't out going, I can't wait to meet a financial advisor. So we were taught so much, I think the wrong stuff. It was more like, go see somebody if they, I mean, what was big when I came to the industry was if they fog a mirror, they're a prospect. And I'm like, that is lousy. <laughs> My dog fogs a mirror. Right? Is he a prospect? <laughs> exactly. That is lousy advice, right? So it's kind of figuring out how can I prospect? How can I find my people with more than just asking? I'm big on asking for referrals and asking for introductions, but there are so many more ways to prospect. You know, I I love podcasting like this is a great way to find prospects, social media, video messaging, writing books, all of those. It's all prospecting. It's all just letting people know who you are and what your story is. Yeah. And I think one of the things you just said right there that I want to spend a little bit of time on is you're basically sharing your knowledge, your content, your information. Um, And so I think sometimes when we think of prospecting, everyone gets in this zone of, cold calling, uh, oh. appointment setting of emails, which we have to do. I mean, obviously, I, you know, we are, I, we are cold I, callers I, here oh, at Sales Gravy. I know. But, you know, prospecting is such, it's bigger than that. It's not so much just bigger. the cold calls, the emails, uh, you know, a mailer campaign. Yes. But when you're doing something like hosting a podcast, attending a podcast, um, sharing tips on LinkedIn or your experience on social media, yeah. it's that brand awareness, the familiarity that people start connecting with. And that is truly prospecting. It truly is. And I think so much when we think of prospecting, I like to divide it into the short game and the long game. And, you know, any golfers listening will get this. The short game, that's what we're taught in sales and in prospecting is ask for a referral, get it right now, you know, immediate gratification. And the long game is what's super important too, because that's what makes a business repeatable sustainable and really growth oriented. So if we can figure out how do we play both? How do we still ask for those referrals and do the immediate short game? But how do we use our platform, our podcasts, our books so that we get our message out there? And it's really the long game is about providing value and helping other people, which I don't think people think about enough when they're thinking about prospecting. It's like they try to make it about them. And the minute you can flip that switch to say, what can I provide to my audience? that's when the business starts coming in and people connect with you and your, your call rate goes up. You can still cold call people, but if they followed you online for a while and they see all the cool stuff you're giving them, that cold call rate goes way up, way up. Yeah. I love that. So what about, would you have a tip for somebody who's like, I don't know if I have the money to invest in starting a podcast or that's just not my personality. Um, What's another way that you think people can get their messaging out or their advice out if podcasting maybe isn't an option. And I think it's it's critical to stop and figure out where your strengths are and what would excite you. Not everybody can do a podcast. Like I, I've had a podcast for a while. I love doing it. It's fun. But I have clients that are like, do not put me in front of a microphone. And same thing with speaking, writing, all that. I think first you've got to take a step back to figure out what you like, what's fun for you, what do you enjoy. And I say the word fun a lot because I really think sales, 
business, your career should be fun. You're going to be doing it for a while. So I think the first step is figuring out, all right, what do I really enjoy? And then just pouring into that. And you mentioned, you know, not having the money to start it. There are a lot of free things you can do. Social media, for the most part, is free. You know, putting out a blog, putting out an article, shooting a quick video on your phone, which we all have, and throwing that out there. You know, we think we have to spend tons of money. And, you know, there are, as you grow in business, you'll spend more and more. But there's so many things you can do that don't cost anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just get yeah. creative. Think outside the box. Yep. And a lot of also what we're talking about here is doing things that probably your competition is not doing. Yes. You yeah. know, giving that free advice, standing out with video, really engaging people on social. And and the word you kind of keep coming back to is love. Like yeah. find those people you love working with, you know, get engaged and engage with them in the ways you love doing it. Um, I, I, I run into a lot of salespeople too who don't love what they're doing. <laughs> like oh. they, they're in, you know, that sales yeah. world where it's like, I'm just selling copy paper. I was a copy paper salesman when I was young and I actually enjoyed selling you copy like paper. paper. Okay. Um, but you know, um, at the time I also worked with a lot of other salespeople who thought it wasn't like cool enough. It wasn't pharma. It wasn't finance. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't. And so those are the people who would come to work every day and you could almost feel that, right? Like For I was sure. excited. I mean, how excited can you get about selling Sharpie markers? And, but I love it. We might need to dig deeper in that while yeah. you get <laughs> I didn't know this about you that you're very excited about office supplies. I love office supplies. And they, I so they I made an excited. entire sitcom out of I this. Know. So apparently it's cooler than we thought. Yes. So what would you say to somebody listening right now who's thinking, okay, I don't really know my people because the people I look at my, on my calendar, yeah. I don't enjoy talking to. I don't know if I love this industry. Is there any best, I mean, besides just, you know, find a new job, would there be anything you think that we could offer as a tip to someone who you're thinking about this and you're like, gosh, I don't know if I'm, I'm quite there yet. Yeah, there, there are always going to be some products that we sell that aren't, we don't think is are, are exciting, but I mean, they, they're exciting to somebody. You got excited yeah. about office I supplies. <laughs> so if you're not excited, I mean, first and foremost, you've got to believe in what you're selling. I, I'm a big proponent of that. If you are working for a company or something and you don't believe in the company, you're, you're in the wrong place. You really are. So first and foremost, you have to believe and have kind of just the desire to help the company and to sell. And once you've got that, I think most people have that. But if you aren't loving it or you aren't loving your people, focus on the relationship. I think too many times salespeople, and I know, you know, you've spoken a lot about this. I've, I've heard Jeb talk a lot about this. The relationship is key. I yeah. mean, that's really where our opportunity is. And I don't care what you're selling. We have an opportunity to focus on the people and the relationship. And, you know, you're selling yourself. Yeah. I mean, you really are. He's, Jeb's talked about, I mean, he did a whole book on that. Yep. yep. You're people really, buy you. People yes, love you, right? People buy you and people love you. And that's, that's key. That's yeah. very critical to be able to sell yourself. So I think no matter what they're doing, that's, that's where they got to start. Yeah. Because I think we can agree that you can sense when someone doesn't love what they're doing and your customers oh, can sure. sense it too. So if anybody listening right now is not like, oh, love, love, love. Yeah. People can sense that. We can smell it. We can see it. It comes across in our tone, in our emails, in our whatever. So you want to tap in to that thing that gets you excited. And and even if it's selling Sharpies and Post-it notes, like there are people out there who can get excited about it. Yeah. And sometimes I always would remind myself, I'm helping people. Like I'm not in the world of sales. I'm in the world of helping someone else, mm -hmm. like buy a better product, uh, save some money, grow their business, whatever it might be. So think around what are you doing to help? 
this company, this person, this individual. Well, and think about it. We, you know, if you're doing that to Sharpies and and Post-it notes, for example, there's, we all know the features and benefits of Sharpies (laughs) and Post-it notes. We don't really need to go into, well, this one, you can take the cap off and you can put the cap. I mean, they're buying you. So no matter what it is, if you can really just enjoy the people you're calling on. And I would rather, I know at least for me, I love doing business and working with people that I enjoy being around. And I am not looking, I personally, I'm not shopping based on price. I know I've paid way more for plenty of services (laughs) and products that I've bought over the years, but it's because I like the people and I connected with them and they had a passion and a desire about them. So that was, I think that's first and foremost, regardless, like even before knowing your people, you got to know yourself and know like, all right, where am I going? What's exciting for me? And I think that, you know, your, your, your third phrase, the love them hard. Yeah. This one is my favorite one. And and I really want to think about this one and and discuss this one a little bit, because for some of us, we're, we're, we're trying to show our customers that we love them and we appreciate them, but I don't know if we're really loving them the right way. I I think most people aren't. And this is, here's what's cool about this. And the reason I kind of tried to come up with this catchphrase is because this is where it gets really fun. Because, you know, like I mentioned, I have a finance background. It is a non-demand product. People do not like to take our calls. You know, and I was in that industry for 20 years. I've been coaching consulting for a decade. But when I was truly in the trenches, in the sales role, people would avoid you. But once they knew that you were for them, that you really cared and that you were unique and you weren't just trying to sell them something, because I feel like the love them hard comes with them as a person, not with them as what they can do for you. So, so many people in sales, regardless of the industry, are only reaching out to clients and prospects when they need something. So the phone calls, the follow-ups, the, you know, annual reviews or whatever they're doing, it's, how are you doing? What can you do? Do you need more? It's always about the, per- the salesperson and not about the client or prospect. So the love them hard comes with being able to flip the switch. Like, what can I do to make this person feel like they are, I'm all about them? Like, I am on their side. I'm their biggest advocate. So I think, you know, from a coaching perspective, my clients will feel like I'm in their corner all day long because more than half of the times I'm reaching out to them, it has nothing to do with what I'm trying to get them to do. It has to do with them as a person. I love that. So when you think of the love them hard, um, you know, this time of the year, we're kind of at new year, you know, holidays just wrapped up or getting ready to, you know, start again or whatever, you know, time of the season we're looking at Valentine's day is going to be around the corner before we know it. These are the times of the year. I think people do think about sharing customer love. You know, yes. you, you might be getting that holiday appreciation gift, that New Year wish. Um, yeah. Is that enough when you're loving somebody hard? All right, so, <laughs> so a couple, let's pull out the pet peeve on this one. So, <laughs> Ali, I need y'all to, to listen to this part because this is where we need to make a differentiation between marketing and engagement. So frequently, and I know I get this from, from businesses I frequent, if you are sending a holiday gift with your logo, or your customer, it, that is marketing. That is not gifting or client engagement. So I want to make sure that we take a minute to really think about what am I gifting, like truly engaging, or am I just marketing my services? So the holidays are a great time. I'm not a huge proponent personally of like the, the December holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, all that, just because it's so flooded. That's when everybody sends it. So I always tell my 
clients, what's a holiday that you can own? Like I have an advisor client. He's from New Orleans. Um, he's got, he sound, you know, he's got this cool accent and he loves to cook. So he owns Mardi Gras and his top clients, we came up with a really cool custom gift for his top clients. It puts their initial on it. He sends like all this cool stuff about how to make this really cool, like Cajun style soup. And his clients love it. I would love that. (laughs) Right. But it's something that fits him and his style, but it's custom to the client. Like everything they get has the client's initial on it. So find a holiday and own it. Like make it something about you or your market that just sets you apart. So I think from a gifting standpoint, find a fun holiday. I love that. Find yeah. a fun holiday off the popular. Off the popular yes. ones. Still do the birthday love and all that stuff Absolutely. Too. But another thing you said there that's so important to repeat again is make the gift about the client. He's For putting sure. their initials on the apron yes. or you know yep. their favorite color on the pot or whatever yes. it is he's sending. And it's really something that I took the time to customize for you and not just, well, this is my brand, my brand's color, my logo, because then it becomes about me and marketing myself versus showing you I appreciate you. And it's it's funny because we all think I did this when I first, you know, started in business. I had my name on stuff and my logo and I'd send it. People like, thanks. And you're going, (laughs) oh, man, I was doing it. We all do it. I mean, we all make these mistakes. I will be the first one to say I did not have this right. It took me years. But I will tell you, if you can take time to customize and that's a holiday, like independent what I like to encourage my my clients and my followers to do, I call it surprise and delight. I have a budget every month that I, it's, it's part of my annual marketing budget. And I have a dollar amount each month that I'll spend on surprise and delight. And it's something where maybe it's a prospect I'm following. Maybe it's a client I've had for a while, but something pops into my head. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. And I send them something. And it's, and it's, it's surprise. It is totally a surprise. And it's surprise and delight because I've never once done this that I didn't immediately get a phone call as soon as they got it. And it's it's not intended to get more business, but I'd say 80% of the time it does. It leads to that. So it's just taking the opportunity to stand out and be different and just surprise somebody. I, I'm stealing that. You um, can totally so, steal that. I can so, steal all my stuff. Yeah. So surprise and delight. And what I love about this is when you think about even getting gifts yourself, right, it's the ones that catch you out of the blue that tie to your emotional connection a little bit more. I mean, I love my husband to death and he is amazing about giving me flowers on my anniversary or my birthday, but it's the times where I wasn't expecting it that I just come home and I'm like, Oh, you know, where did these flowers come from? And it's like, just cause I right. love you. And I've been thinking about you today. And, and those are the ones that stand out because on Valentine's day, I know I'm getting flowers. Everybody in the right. world gets them. Right. Um, so it's the same thing with our clients, you know, during our birthdays, yeah. during, Christmas or whatever. I have so much, you know, candy and popcorn that every, all vendors are sending us over in the corner. Everybody's taking it home. But in the middle of June, when there's no holidays, there's nothing, all of a sudden your gift really stands out. Yeah. And it's, and it's so easy to do. Like I'm not, if you guys know the five love languages, gifting is my lowest, like it is (laughs) not my strength, but I do have a person that is a, a gifting concierge and, and she's great. Like I can call her text and say, I need an idea for this and she'll find it for me. So it's, there's such fun ways to get creative with this and you can uh, professional cyber stalk, like totally follow people on social media. <laughs> yeah. It'll give you hints. Like if they just took a trip, send them a gorgeous frame with their initial put on it and download a picture that they posted and put it in it and say, I am so excited for your trip to Italy. It looked amazing. Or if you know they're good, there's so much stuff that you can do 
for people that's unexpected. So Jeb has shared this story on some of his other podcasts, I believe, where he was being prospected Mm -hmm. and someone did exactly the surprise and delight technique because she went and ordered a scarf for his dog with the dog's name on it. He had been posting recently on social media about the dog and all this stuff. And so when this package arrives at the office, I mean, that definitely stands out compared to somebody sending a brochure or a coffee cart or something. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that just came to mind is, you know, you mentioned you have your gift concierge. That's super cool. But salespeople are always asking, how can we leverage AI? Guys, chat GPT would be gorgeous for you here. You know, this is my client. This is what they do. This is the part of the country they live in. This is what they seem excited about. What is a great gift for under $100? I mean, let AI do some of this work for For you to find out something fun. It's, you know, Chat GPT is great. I ask it a lot of questions and we, <laughs> we publish a gift guide and a client event guide each year. So try, we try to put links to stuff. I love supporting small businesses. So we put a lot of links to that, but I mean, there's so many like that. That's where I get a lot of my ideas from. Cause I mean, it thinks for you. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. It's really cool. But part of it's too, is know going back to the knowing your people, take time to know your top clients and prospects. And when I say know them, really know them. What's important to them? Is it their dog? Is it their kids? Really understanding them gives you so many clues. Like make a little cheat sheet of all the things they like. I love that. And make sure that cheat sheet is findable. So you guys who are leveraging your CRMs, this is the kind of stuff that should be in Salesforce, in HubSpot, somewhere that when you go in, because surely after an amount of time, you're going to forget, was it Kristen or Christine? Who right. was the dog lover? Because right. it certainly wasn't Kristen. It wasn't right? me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But, it's, but you know, with that too, this can be, we're talking about gifting and things like that. And I know there are people listening that probably are like, I don't have the budget. Like I'm a startup. I don't, I don't have the budget. There, you can still do these things for free. So like if you, for example, March comes around, March Madness. If you know your people enough to know who are the big fans and who, you know, you can start texting them. That's free. So a lot of my clients, I have a lot of clients that are big into football. I mean, I live in, I live in Atlanta, so we're, we're SEC folks down yep. <laughs> here, but I know exactly which ones of my clients like which teams. So I can send them a text like, man, that was an awesome game. Or like, what happened to your boys last night? They weren't looking so good. And what it does, it's not a gift, but it's engagement and it starts a conversation and it lets them know that I care about them outside of just what they're buying from me. I love that. That's a f- super easy, free way to do yeah. engagement. And so, so we think about love them hard. We yep. think of those standout gifts, those things that maybe some of us listening right now are taking away saying, I need to change my strategy because when I think about the gifts I'm sending, maybe they are a little bit more on the marketing side. Yeah. I need to really take my time and, and, and focus on that. Um, of course, just be having awareness of different uh, sporting events or interests they might have, texting. Do you have any other, maybe one more best pr- uh practice when it comes to love them hard outside of gifts and things like that? You know, the the main thing is one of the tips I do a lot, and this is super easy. Anybody can do it and it is absolutely free. Um, I call it the reach outs, the reach out strategy. All of my private clients are basically required to do this. Um, Pick a number, start with five, five reach outs per day. I don't even care what they're about. Just reach out to five people. It can be a DM, it can be a text, it could be you know, a let, I do send handwritten notes a lot, which I love. And I know you like that as well. But five reach outs per day, you will be surprised how that compounds. And within two to three months, I've had some clients who are now doing like 15 reach outs a day because the results are so good. 
And what happens is you're engaging people and you're top of mind. So all of us trying to get referrals and beat people over the heads for referrals, they start coming to you. And if you do five reach outs a day for three months, six months, a year, you're, you will have the business. You will get, I mean, they're 1 million percent. You will have the return on your investment of time. I love that. And so I, I, well, another thing I would recommend here uh, for anyone listening is if you are too busy, so you're thinking about that, you know, I don't have time to go out and shop for these gifts. I don't have time to do five reach out on it. You have to time block this. Um, so I, I would imagine, Kristen, for your surprise and delight, um, a best practice might be have a reoccurring calendar invite to yourself, that alarm, that reminder that, hey, it's time for this month's surprise and delight. It's time yeah. for your five reach outs. Any other practice, best practices for trying to manage these client engagement touch points? Well, couple. I am, I'm a big time blocker. I do enjoy time blocking. So I put it on my calendar daily. Um, so what I do is I kind of take the evening, I, I, what I call post and plan. And I'm looking at today and I'm like, who do I need to follow up with? And I'm adding that to my to-do list. But I'm also looking at tomorrow and saying, where is the white space in my calendar? Where can I look and say, all right, I got 30 minutes here. That's where I'm going to do my reach out. So I absolutely kind of time block for the next day. But the other thing, because you mentioned about the people that don't have time. I am going to tell y'all, everybody has time. I mean, I, I don't buy the we don't have time excuse. I just don't. I mean, so if y'all are listening, go, I don't have time. I'm going to call baloney on that because <laughs> we all have time to do this. This is five reach outs a day takes less than five minutes. Y'all are watching TV. You're watching Survivor. You're watching the something singer. about the Kardashian. You're the mass singer. <laughs> I time block my mass singer now. But you're watching a Kardashian. You're getting your nails done. You, we all have time. So it's, it's less about time and more about priorities. So when people come to me and say, oh, I don't have time to do it, I'm saying, well, tell me what you prioritized over growing your business. Yeah. Because part of being a, you know, a business strategist and a coach is I got to hold that mirror up to people and make sure that they truly are investing in their business and investing in their clients. But y'all have time to do it. But it's, I mean, we're talking five minutes. If you can't take five minutes, y'all need to just let your practice not grow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I love like that, hold the mirror up and say, what is more important yeah. than growing my pipeline, growing my business, yeah. um, developing a customer relationship to make it even stronger? Because even though we're all about prospecting here at Sales Gravy, it's much easier to yes. talk to customers who like you, customers who are going to take your meeting, yeah. take your call, get that repeat business, get the growth. And so when we're finding our people and we know how to love them the right way, that's going to hopefully secure a relationship that can be yeah. sustained. And a lot, you know, a lot of the teaching you guys are doing, it is, it is on prospecting, but part of prospecting is building those relationships. You guys talk about this a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. I've sat through a lot of your mm -hmm. courses. I've read all the books and it, it's about the relationship. And the cool thing is if you invest the time and you guys can send these reach outs while you're watching Survivor. I mean, you really can, <laughs> you can multitask with the reach outs. But once you do that consistently, the prospecting gets so easy. Like I have, I mean, I think most of us who've been in sales or growing our businesses for any length of time that have invested intentionally in relationship building, a lot of the business is coming to us. Yeah. We're not having to reinvent the wheel every year. My goal with people, anybody in, in sales at all, is that you're not having to start over at square one on January 1st when we, you guys all get new goals, right? Yep. But you should have so much relationship building already done that the goal is you're like, oh, I got this. Right. That's what that's what this does. That's what loving on them does. I love it. 
I'm so excited. It makes me want to go like think of my go surprise do some reach and delight outs. plans and super, super stoked. Um, so Kristen, I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, so when you think about some advice or something you learned along the way, um, what is a piece of advice that you wish you had heard when you were a new sales professional? Maybe it was something you heard, but you didn't put into action right away. But now that you are an experienced salesperson, because a lot of our listeners are people who could be new to sales, maybe this is their only resource for getting some sales training and they're kind of on their own. So what would be a tip, a best practice, or a piece of advice that you wish you had heard when you started your sales career? Oh, goodness. Gosh, there are a lot of them. (laughs) You know, I think for me... The, the mistake I made is I tried to be all things to all people. And um, when I started having more success, I was, I was like you, I could, I could sell. I wasn't, that was fine. But when I really started having true sustainable success is when I quit trying to be all things to all people. And I figured out what am I uniquely good at? I'm very big on finding your strengths and cultivating your strengths. So I would say, had I earlier really dove into this is the piece I'm really good at. And then I'm going to surround myself with, with good ancillary partners or strategic partners that can help with the other stuff. I think I would have scaled way quicker, like find your strengths and embrace them. Awesome. I love that. I love that. So I'm sure a lot of people listening today are wondering how they can get in touch with you. Cause some of our listeners may not have heard of you or your organization before. So Kristen, anyone who wants to find you, where can they do that? I am all about social media. Well, my, my website's super easy. It's andregroup.com. Andre has two E's, so andregroup.com. But I'm also andregroup.com on all the social platforms. I love engaging. Like, I, we've been talking about this the whole time. So LinkedIn and Instagram are my two faves. I'm everywhere else, too. But I like hearing from people. So, like, don't just, fo- I mean, follow me for sure. But drop a comment. Shoot me a message and tell me, like, how I can help. Because that's that's my jam is figuring out how I can help people grow. I love that. And of course, we'll put the links to all of that in the show notes from this episode, how you guys can find Kristen and engage with her. And of course, don't forget to check out Sales Gravy University. That's, of course, the world's most powerful training engine. We have a variety of different sales experts um, from around the world and uh, the globe that are going to share their best practices with you on Sales Gravy University. Um, check us out at learn.salesgravy.com. Again, that's learn.salesgravy.com. And if you've never taken a class with us before, you can enter promo code free course. And the first class is on us. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. And I hope you have a fantastic day.